Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now, this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in a series called One in this study of the book of 1 Corinthians, where Paul speaks to the theme of unity within the local church. You know, as Paul encourages us to get past the baby food for baby Christians, it's time to mature and wean off the milk and get to the meat and potatoes. So what does that take? Where's the map to get there? How do we stay healthy in our faith? Well, you've come to the right place. Reachingforreallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at reachingforreallife.org. Today it's part one of the message called Pass the Meat. Pastor Sean starts off in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. Now we're going to continue this series that we've been in called One. One Gospel, One Church, One Spirit, One Mission. And we've come through a couple of different kind of highlights. We're walking through the book of 1 Corinthians. And Paul was writing, we learned, about to a church that was divided. And they found multiple reasons and multiple ways to divide. And in that, we we kind of have seen a little bit of an image of the contemporary church always dividing over things rather than being what we were called being one. And we saw that the, in the first week, the cure for the cancer of division is the decision to follow Jesus. We as the church, one of the best things we can do to make division kind of fade into the background is to follow the same leader, follow Jesus. Last week, we learned that we've been given the mind of Christ and we were instructed, start using it. We've been given, as followers of Jesus Christ, who are filled with the Spirit, we've been given the mind of Christ. Start using it. See, it changes how you see things. It changes how you see this pandemic. It changes how you see race relations. It changes how you see politics. It changes how you see everything. We've been given the mind of Christ. When we read the newspaper, when we watch the news, when we go online, we should have this thing and we should have this prayer going through our heads. Lord, what do you see? Lord, what do you want me to see? When you see someone who's making you crazy, just remember, that's someone who Jesus loves. Doesn't mean they're not crazy, but it just means that's someone who Jesus loves. And that instant understanding changes how I view them. Okay, do I view them as a dragon to be slain or killed? Or do I view them as the damsel in distress to be rescued by the gospel? How do I view them? told you the story of the knight who really, it was too hard to kill a dragon, and he just said, well, I'll solve the problem, and he went and killed the damsel. <laughs> now there's no more damsel in distress, problem solved. It's messed up, isn't it? <laughs> but it's how we often think we're going to solve the problem. Let's kill the damsel. No, see, we've got to understand, when we see the people who are on the other side of the aisle, we see people who are making us angry, we see whatever, that's someone who Jesus loves. That's someone we are called to be salt and light to and to share the gospel with and to ultimately see come into the kingdom and be our brothers and sisters and walk in community. That's the call. It should affect how we see everything. Changes it. The mind of Christ. We have it. Start using it. And remember we also talked about it changes how we pray, it changes what we do, and it has to be cultivated every day because we also have this flesh and there's a worldly mindset that is pressed in on us all the time. We have to cultivate the mind of Christ. Now today I want to talk about the issue of growing or maturity. Because what I want to say, if you're a follower of Jesus, it is not okay to stay the same. Living things grow. Right? We understand that. 
Things that are alive grow. If you had a child and they're getting to two years old and they're not growing, you're very concerned. We have a medical problem here and you're going to the doctor. You're trying to get things looked at, get things solved. Well, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you profess his name and you've been saved by the power of the gospel and you are following Jesus and you are no different today than you were two years ago or five years ago and there's no maturity, there's no growth, something's wrong. That's not healthy. Living things grow. When we are filled with the Spirit, when Jesus saves us from our sins, our spirit, our soul comes to life and we should mature. We should grow. And Paul addresses that today, so we're going to talk about that. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to begin reading right at the beginning, verse 1, okay? Paul says this, brothers and sisters, and note who he's addressing this section to. Okay, the whole thing, he's already addressed it to them, but I want you to make note of how he refers to them. Brothers and sisters, these are believers. I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you weren't ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're still worldly. For since there's jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, well, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? After all, what is Apollos? What is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God is making it grow. That's such an important idea there. Something in us wants to kind of, we just want to align ourselves with different leaders, different ministries, different things. And whether that's politically, whether that's spiritually in the context of church, what Paul is saying is here, these people are dividing. We talked about this in week one. They're dividing over, well, I follow Paul. No, I follow Paul. He goes, what is wrong with you? He didn't say it quite like that. I'm saying it that way, but but that's what he means. What is wrong with you? What is Paul? What is Apollos? I planted, Apollos watered, God brought the increase. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget, forget that. If you love River City, I am so happy. If you like my preaching, well, God bless you. You keep coming back, so way to go. But so what? Someone planted in your life, maybe I'm throwing a little water on it, but you know who's bringing the increase, right? That's God. That's his spirit in you. Don't get hung up in people, personalities. That's just another reason, another sign of immaturity to divide. And that's what Paul is addressing. He's like, please, stop it. God is the one who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. They're a servant of someone else, is what he's saying. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. And I think, let's pause right there. I think it's important that we recognize he's talking to brothers and sisters. These are believers. These are not unbelievers. This is to the church. And he refers to them as being worldly. The the ESV says, in the flesh. You are of the flesh. See, you're about the cares of this world and of the flesh versus the things of the Spirit. Remember last week we looked at two words that Paul used at, at the end of chapter 2, right before we come into this, and I think it's worth revisiting those. Sukikos is a Greek word that he used to talk about worldly, of the flesh, unspiritual. And then the other was pneumatikos, which meant awakened in the Spirit, of the Spirit. And he's like, you people are acting out of the flesh, 
When we become followers of Jesus Christ, we still are in this flesh. We still have the potential to listen to the flesh, to give in to the flesh, but we don't have to because we've been filled by the Spirit. See, the flesh is the human nature apart from God. Understand, I'm not saying our bodies. Our bodies are not inherently uh, evil. Our minds are not inherently evil. But as they are separated from God, as they are lost in sin, and that's what sin does, that's when it becomes this servant of a dark agenda or of a worldly perspective. Let's pick up at verse 10. 1 Corinthians 3, beginning at verse 10. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a, wide, a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's the foundation. Are we crystal clear on that? What's the foundation? Jesus Christ. There it is. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Listen, this is so important. Will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. Now remember the materials he talked about. Gold, silver, costly stone, wood, hay, or straw. It'll be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. See, the foundation is Jesus Christ and the gospel. Do you you realize what a powerful foundation that is? The foundation of Jesus Christ. It changes my whole life. If I become a believer today, it changes my whole life. Past, present, future. See, when I become a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm forgiven of my sins. I'm filled with the Spirit. My past is redeemed. My sins are forgiven. That past is no longer a ball and chain that I have to carry around. I am forgiven and set free. That's the power of the gospel. My past is different. doesn't mean I go back in time and, and those things didn't happen. It just means there is redemption. There is forgiveness. The past has changed. My present is different because I'm empowered. I, I have power for the present. Power because I'm filled with the Spirit. Power to live according to His plan. Power to do the things He says I can do. To be who He called me to be. I am empowered. I'm not just left on my own. I'm not just like, well, I forgave you, so don't screw up again. No, He fills us with His Spirit, and we are empowered to live differently. But the future's different, too. The past is different. The present's different. The future's different because I have hope. I look at the future not as, well, what could come? Oh, who knows? Oh my gosh, if this one is elected, oh, then the world will be over. Oh, but no, if this other one is elected, oh my gosh, the world will be over. Now, with either of these guys, we don't know, okay? What I do know is that you realize a politician doesn't hold my future. You need to get that. A politician doesn't hold my future. A political party doesn't hold my future. An economy doesn't hold my future. See foundation of Jesus Christ and the gospel changes my view of the past. It changes my reality in the present, but it changes my view of the future. I now have hope. No matter what's going on, I have hope. I look at the future with hope because he's there. He's already there. You realize that, right? That's good. Somebody should preach on this. This is good stuff. It changes us. And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message called Pass the Meat. The series is called One, which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. 
And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount right now will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azaro. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer, but I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast Broadcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now back to the message, Pass the Meat. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. What's interesting is he said, but he makes this point, he says, what you build from this point moving forward matters. We are saved in Christ, but what you build matters. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's pick up verse uh, 16 and let's finish the chapter. He says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? He's talking about them in a a plural sense right now. We know he's going to talk about their bodies being the temple later on in the same book. But he's talking right now about in your gathering. In your gathering. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? That's personal. But God's spirit dwells in your midst. There's something that happens in us. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred. And you together are that temple. He's talking about this division. Nothing will destroy the community of believers. The place where God's spirit resides more than division. And then he says this. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think that you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. You say, well, that sounds like double talk. Verse 19, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. Oh, that is so, you should underline that. You should remember that. That is a biblical truth. And by the way, if you follow Jesus and you've walked and you've experienced the world, you know what I'm talking about. You know what Paul's talking about. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. Okay? No more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours. This is really important here. All things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death, the present, the future, they are all yours. And you are of Christ. And Christ is of God. He shares these thoughts on the temple, shares these thoughts on wisdom. And he says, why would you boast about a leader? And he kind of wraps this session. He's taken three chapters really talking about this ridiculous division in their midst. Why would you boast about a leader? Why, you don't need to. You don't need to say, I'm a Paul. You don't need to say, I'm a Paulus. They're all God's servants. It's yours to take from. Learn from them. That's great. Just don't idolize them. Learn from them. Grow. But don't make it about them. Because the minute you make it about them, you are now taking your eyes off of him, off of Jesus. And that's where the real problems start. Let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray that you'd help us to hear, help us to understand what you want us to understand, and then give us the courage and strength to follow you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. See, this whole passage basically begins with a call to maturity, right? Like the title of the message is, Pass the Meat. Because he says, man, I can't even give you solid food. I can't give you meat. You're like infants who have to drink milk. And by the way, this is not a compliment. He's not complimenting them. You look so young. You look fabulous. No, he is not complimenting them. This is hard language. This is a little bit harsh. You're like infants. You're still sucking on a bottle when you should be having solid food, meat. But I couldn't give that to you because you're not even open to receiving it. See, this is a call to maturity. And in this passage, what I find interesting as I looked at this passage and started to break it apart a little bit, it's really three different movements, like three different stanzas or movements of a song, all kind of highlighting, illustrating, or showing us different aspects of the same idea. And here's the idea. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The maturity of Christ followers is best measured in what we produce, not what we profess. The maturity of Christ followers is best measured in what we produce, not in what we profess. Now, what we profess is important, don't get me wrong. But we all know we have this amazing capacity as people to profess one thing and do the other. In fact, it's ridiculously common. And actually, it's, it's kind of messed up because we're, what we're professing, when we say, this is my profession, we're saying, I believe this. I believe that Jesus is the Savior. I believe that he is the way, the truth, and life. And I am going to follow him. I believe following him will be the key to life. We say that. I think that's a powerful profession. But then all the time we do the exact opposite. See, our beliefs matter. But understand, real beliefs always change behavior. You understand that, right? Real beliefs always change behavior. I illustrate this by just saying, if you really believe it's going to rain, and you're really concerned about rain, you're, you, oh, I've got an umbrella. That's how you know you really believe it's rain. And I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about you forgot an umbrella. I'm saying, should I bring the umbrella? Should I not? Do I really believe it's going to rain? Do I really believe I'm going to need it? If I do, I bring the umbrella. It's just a, it, our beliefs can always be spotted. It, what I profess is one thing. What I really believe will always be shown in what I do. Because I act out of what I really believe in my heart of hearts. Not what I think I should believe. Not what I wished I believed. Not what I told my friend I believed, but what I actually believe. I'm always going to act on it. Because it's just human nature. See, our maturity is best measured in what we produce, not what we profess. Now, three questions about this idea emerge from what Paul wrote. Why don't you write these down as we go? First question, what are you producing relationally? What are you producing relationally? Your profession is really important. But what are you producing relationally? You go, "Why why do you ask that? Paul didn't talk about that. Well, yes, he did. Why did he accuse them of immaturity or of being infants? Because of their division. And he used the word, because of your jealousy, because of your quarreling. How you are treating each other. He's saying this is the sign that you are not mature. You are treating each other with jealousy, quarreling, factions, dividing in these little parties. I want to suggest to you, you can tell a whole lot about a person's spirit by looking at the nature of their relationships. The nature of their relationships. And it's everywhere. 
You know, we see it here at church all the time. And, you know, now I'm going to get to some real meddling, okay? So <laughs> buckle up. And just know, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about that other person in your row, okay? <laughs> Comfort one another with these words, okay? <laughs> we see it in church all the time. I mean, there's people who come into River City, and man, they've been at other churches, and they know the Word, and they, you know, they know... I mean, they really, they, they know the Word, they know the right things to say, they know the right things to ask me about River City as they're considering, and that's all good. But then you ask the question, well, why, why'd you leave your last church? Well, they just weren't preaching the Word. Really? Why'd you choose it in the first place? And you'd come and find, they hang around for a while, and, you know, they're great for a while, and it's wonderful, but then somebody does or says something that they don't like. And folks, I tell you this all the time, I need to keep telling you, because we're just people, and this is just how it works. Somebody is going to say something that you don't like. Let me say it more strongly. Somebody's going to say something stupid to you if you hang around River City long enough. And, and I think River City's awesome. I think you guys are amazing. But you're people, okay? Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. We are people. And we're going to say something carelessly, or we're not going to be thoughtful, or we're going to say something stupid, or we're going to be insensitive, or something's going to happen, no matter how hard we try, because we're people. And I, I've watched so many of these people who profess to be so mature, and who, whose profession is so good and polished, when someone topples them, all this stuff comes out. And it's not pretty. And they start talking to others. And then before you know it, they're, they're complaining about leadership. I love when people complain about leadership because that's nice in general. You don't know who leadership is, okay? 85% of the time it's me, okay? But, but, but I digress. It might be their, their community group leader. It might be a youth leader. It might be a, a, a Bible study leader. I don't know. But, but start complaining about leadership and, and all this stuff and start creating division. And before you know it, they're gone and they're going to go to another church because they're going to find a church that really does it right and really believes right and preaches right. And they're going to go to some other church, talk to some other pastor, and they're going to say, what, why'd you leave River City? Well, they don't teach the Word. And it's going to start all over again. I, I've seen it so many times. And what it is, is some people just have a hard time getting along with other people. It's not just church. What about our families? You tell a lot about a person's spirit by how they're doing in relationships with their family members. How about work? People have a hard time kind of keeping a job and going from job to job to job because they've never really learned how to grow up in this area of relationships and how to treat people well. I want to encourage you. This is such an important idea. This, this affects your neighborhood. You know that, that guy at the, at the neighborhood association meeting. You love those, don't you, neighborhood association meetings? But you know that one guy who just, it's like he exists to be a pain in the butt. And you're like, why? It's not important. Please, let us go home. <laughs> Point of order. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> I just want to say, that's one of the reasons we do everything here at River City in community groups. I mean, we, we believe it's so fundamental that you, as a person, walk in community with people you're committed to. We learn, literally, how to do relationships well. Right now, we're in the middle of something called group launch. 
And I want to encourage you, if you're not in a group, register. You go online and register at reallife.org. You can do it through the app. Register for group launch for it, it, by, by September 13th. The event is actually on September 17th. Okay? And they'll tell you how to do all that. But go register online. See, when you're in a group, you learn how to do relationships. And you practice. And iron sharpens iron. You learn how to encourage and be encouraged. You learn how to support someone else. You learn how to deal with conflict in a healthy way. You learn how to give an apology. You learn how to forgive someone. You just learn how to do relationships. And that's why it's so important, because one of the great signs of our maturity, of our faith, is how it impacts our relationships with one another. That's why Paul, in this section, calls them children, because they can't relate to one another. You just, you just drinking milk. And you should be eating meat. You should be eating solid food. But you're not ready because you won't get past this thing. The, the maturity of Christ followers is best measured in what we produce, not what we profess. What are you producing relationally? What are we producing relationally? That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. If you'd like to hear this full message in the series called One available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our contact us page, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue on the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.